0: Good afternoon. (laughs) I forgot to hit the unmute. Anyway, it's three o'clock, the hour of mercy. So I love that we do this for now anyway, at the hour of mercy to beg God's mercy on us and on the whole world because our God is a great God of mercy. Happy New Year to everyone who's watching. Again, this is Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards, and uh, it's a time we just talk about uh, your questions in the faith, we talk about hope, we talk about uh, salvation in Jesus Christ and that his love for us, and he's always there for us, that our God isn't out to get us, he's out to love us forever. That's who God is, and so the biggest thing to do is if you're interested in any kind of questions is just go to the comments and type in uh, your comments there and your questions there, and I will get to them as they come along, and I only have uh, two emails. I think it's only really one because I think I already answered the other one, but it's always great to have you with me. Again, we're going to be changing this. I'm interviewing people here in the near future. Again, as soon as I hire somebody, I'm still looking to hire somebody. I'm still looking, still looking. So hopefully someone will come forward this new year. So what do you think the first thing we got to do? Let's pray. In the, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you are a God of mercy, that you are rich in mercy, that you went to the cross to die for our sins, to set us free from our slavery. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being present in our lives. Jesus, may we always focus on you and do your will and your will alone. We beg you these things, Lord Jesus, in your most holy name. Amen. Mary, mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome. I was laughing as I was getting ready for this uh, program today because I was looking at the comments. Different, I don't get it, how people think I say different things at the end of my homilies. And it's interesting to see uh, what people think that I say one of the easiest things you can do, you know, when you're watching me on YouTube especially, is just hit your closed captions so you can actually read what I say. But what I say at the end of every homily throughout all these years is this. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen so may m-a-y-h-e-a-c-h of you know how to spell that you know k-n-o-w his love today and forever and i guess i must say it because people have been asking me again and again throughout the years especially since i've been on youtube uh, and recording the homilies father what do you say (laughs) so that is what i say so a couple of you got it completely wrong. A couple of you got it just kind of wrong, um, but we got it. So hopefully that helps. God is good. I hope everybody's having a great new year. Um, I got over COVID by God's grace, um, and I'm 100% now. Now we have everybody else. People on my staff have COVID and every everything else. So we're praying for them that they get one hundred percent too. But a lot of people are going to my daily mass. It's been all over my parish, so we had to cancel the. um, uh, We have an appreciation dinner on Saturday, and we have about seventy-five people, so we thought it'd be too much. I still have. We have a priest open house tomorrow um, for the priests who want to come. We won't be as crowded as normal we might have about uh, 15, 20 priests. We usually have about 40 priests. Um, so we went back and forth on uh, canceling it, but most of us have, are all of us are vaccinated and boosted and half of us have already got COVID. So um, those who want are going to just come and we have a fine time. My parishioners uh, cook some uh, great food and they bring some spirits, even though they have brought so much wine. I think I'll have enough wine for a thousand people. <laughs> we don't need any more wine, you know, but uh, everything else, the food, uh, the desserts, I have a whole room usually just dedicated to desserts and the bishop comes and the priest comes and it's our, we couldn't do it last year because of COVID, but it's our once a year, us just saying thank you to the priests of our diocese uh, for all that they uh, do for us. And it's just important, especially today. Uh, Priests are leaving, uh, pastors are leaving because it's just been stress for them too. It is hard, but again, God is good and he's so faithful. But again, I just encourage you to uh, encourage your priests. Uh, Tell them you love them. Tell them you're praying for them. It's very important that you're doing that because a lot of them are just alone and a lot of them need your prayers and your support, and usually they only hear what's going bad, so tell them what's going good, tell them you appreciate them, pray for your pastors every single day, because they need it, uh, we all need it, uh, so please, that would be a great thing, so let's go back to the questions, so hopefully that helped you, John, the second question you have is, the second question is significance about the cloth that covered Jesus' head, not with burial cloths, but in a separate place you know, I've looked this up before and there really isn't any true significance. The The Jewish ritual, um, they didn't, there's not uh, any history of uh, what the rabbis say about what it's for. That, uh, some people call it a napkin. Some people call it the face covering, that it's folded up like, what is that? Some people, on the internet, you'll hear people say it shows that he's coming back again. But that isn't a uh, part of the Jewish ritual. It might be a Euro- European custom that was later read into that. But I think that the best thing he can say is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and that uh, that shows that that was there. It was, it was a purposeful thing. He was, he's risen and he's not uh, not going back. I've been to Italy and there's one in Spain too, so who knows. But the one I've been to Italy... Actually, it's the, uh, there's a, a face covering there, different than Veronica's veil. Veronica's veil, which is at the Vatican, is the, the, the suffering face of Christ. And then, of course, you go into the, um, um, you know, the burial cloth of Christ, whatever that's called, which we um, know, the Shroud of Turin, and that shows the death the face of Christ in death. But then this one, the holy face in Italy, outside uh, of Rome, I was there about five years ago. I'm sorry, I, I even have a picture of it on my mirror, but I cannot remember the name of it. Uh, but there it shows the resurrected face of Christ. And it was supposed to be on his face, and they have it, and it shows the resurrected Jesus, what he looked like when he rose from the grave, and they show it from different things, and they put it over top of the shot of Torrance. They see it's the same face. I don't know about any of that stuff, uh, but I do know that, uh, um, you know, the biggest thing that all that stuff reminds us is Jesus Christ isn't there anymore. He's alive, and he sees the face of God, and what happened to him will happen to us by his grace, and so it's always a time of great uh, hope, you know, uh, everything. The greatest hope there is, is that this world isn't all there is, that we're just passing through, that we have been created for forever, and that God wants us to live forever. And he proved that by sending Jesus to die for us, to set us free from our sins so that we can have everlasting life. And like I love to say to people all the time, if you're going to live forever, tell your face. Look like it. Smile. Let people see what happens when Jesus Christ lives inside of you. Let people see what happens when you know by the grace of God, not by your power or by your strength or by your worthiness, are going to live forever. What a great gift. We should be the most hope-filled of all people, no matter what, because of the resurrection of Jesus But not just because of him so what happened who cares if it was just for him let's be real here if it just happened to jesus who cares he's alive (laughs) what happened to him will happen to us that's why we care and we care of course to show jesus is god of course i'm just uh whenever i do that stuff i'm trying to get people's attention Uh, i don't know if you noticed that or not but he rose and we will rise and we need to tell our faces thank you Okay, John, Father says, make sure you know his love today and forever. No, it's may each of you, but it's closer than nature knows love today. No. Um, the question is two parts, because you won't let me put it all here in today's reading regarding those who love God. But hate brother, I have nothing to do with it, you put it on here. Uh, would you consider a Catholic who has been hurt over and over by someone and chooses not to associate with that person in order to avoid sin, to still be in a, still be a loving Catholic? If the Catholic still prays for that person and is civil when all in the same room, would you consider that love of God, not hate of brother? Well, I've, we're, again, I've talked about it before, but we don't stay in relationships that are abusive. Huh? Uh, and you can be out of a relationship with his abusive, but you can't love, not love those people. And when we talk about love, we gotta always go back to what love is. And since God is love, what kind of love are we talking about? Are we just you know, talking about being nice to a person? Sometimes the most loving thing we can do to someone is kick them in the butt, not be nice. I mean, nice is not love. Love is willing the best for that person. Love is willing to die for somebody else. Love is willing to do anything to get that person to heaven. So, uh, when the word of God today, and I, you know, I, I preached on that. If you watched the, and I did it on my uh, on my social medias today. If you notice, I stopped telling people what to think. I just sit there and ask questions in the morning. Now at night, I still talk about what to think because it's more gentle. But in the morning, I just want to ask the questions. Uh, just to get us all thinking, because if I tell people, then they can get mad, and they can uh, react and everything else, but if I ask a question, it's up for them to answer the question. I didn't answer it, I just asked it. So like this morning, I said, are you a liar? Because uh, God says in his word, if you say you love God, who you cannot see, and you hate your brother, who you can see, then you're a liar. So meaning that you won't forgive that person, meaning that you wouldn't die for that person, meaning that you pray for that person as you say you already do. But it's always deeper than what other people do. You know, we can't hate anybody, period. You Well, scratch it. People hate people all the time. You can't hate anyone and be a Christian in reality, okay? Or, Uh, sometimes we hate people without thinking about it. And then we have to repent of that, of course. But if you say, I hate that person and I will hate that person no matter what, well, then yes, you can't call yourself a Christian because by definition, God is love and a person who hates is not of God. So that's the first thing. Even when we hate people in the name of uh, God, we can hate sin because it says in the word of God, uh, God hates sin. And so we can hate sin, but we can never hate the sinner. We gotta love the sinner. Uh, And that's in all things. That's even people who hurt us. And think about what Jesus did when someone hurt him. He said on the cross, uh, Father, forgive them. And so we can do the same thing. Father, forgive them. And then we make an act of faith that, Father, I forgive them now and I ask you to forgive them. Then that uh, frees us from being victimized by them anymore because we're living in forgiveness. And again, but we don't have to continue in relationship with him, um, meaning we have to hang out with them and all that kind of stuff because we don't have to be in an abusive relationship, but we must be willing to die for them, must be willing to get them to heaven. Um, that means that sometimes you'd fast and pray for them. If they have hurt you and it still uh, bothers you, say, Lord, I take the pain of what they caused me and I offer it up for their good. And now you're becoming just like Jesus. You're going to the cross with Jesus because when we spit on him, killed him, beat him, tortured him, he turned it all for our good by bringing us eternal life and forgiveness of sins. So to love like God, which is what the scriptures are calling us to do, to love like God means that we do as God does. And again, you got to remember that it's not possible for us to do this under our own power. We need the grace of the Holy Spirit. We need to, I mean, there's people, I've talked about it before, that there's people that uh, that I don't care for. You know, now they don't care for me either. And a lot of them hate my guts. You know, and so, but I say, Lord, I can't, I can't, I can't sit there and uh, love this person. I can't, sorry, but you can. So I give you permission to love them through me. And that's when I fast for them, once a week for the people who hate me and uh, don't like me and think I'm a heretic or think that I'm not true to the faith of the Catholic Church, that I can only uh, fast and pray for them and uh, go from there. So hopefully that helps. So again, don't get crazy over this. Just it's an act of the will, Lord. I can't love that person, but you can, and I give you permission to love them through me. Okay. Greetings from Door Michigan. Hi, Walter. Welcome. Okay. Peace and blessings, doll. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Happy Epiphany. Yes, for a couple more days. Oh, our Christmas stuff is still up and it'll be up uh, until Sunday. So if you live in Erie and if you haven't stopped and seen our beautiful Christmas, uh, uh, nativity set the 51 pieces from Oberamagau the church is open uh, during the day from uh, um, 6 30 in the morning till 4 15 in the afternoon open all day so I encourage you to stop by and see it uh we're closed on saturday and we're only open for masses on sunday and we're closed on, or open on saturday at three o'clock for confessions but we close the church again at uh 5 um uh, primarily to keep people safe because people have got hurt in our parish because it's not in a good neighborhood but i keep it open all the time as long as there's someone that we can watch what's going on in there through cameras and that so that's why we do that and of course the adoration chapel is open in 24 hours we had to uh suspend the committed time because so many people in erie are sick with COVID. i mean it's really 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 crazy I was just reading by a priest uh, scientist today that this might be the end of it all um, because so many people are getting this omicron uh, variant and it's uh, if you've been vaccinated in that it's like getting a uh, cold, which is what it was for me it was like a cold and then you you know at all that stuff, we're building up um, uh, we're building up immunity and the virus is going to have nowhere to go after a while because everyone's already had it So, um, and, you know, again, yesterday, someone, because I've had to wear a mask uh, for the last five days, and I asked the people in the church to wear masks when they come to church, and uh, again, people make comments like, uh, if we truly love God, we wouldn't wear masks, because it shows we don't trust him, and again, it's the exact opposite of that. Like the last five days, I have I have no worries about contacting COVID again, and I have all, I have no worries. The only reason I did it was to keep other people safe, just in case I was still carrying it. It was one hundred percent other centered, and that's what God is one hundred percent other centered. It has nothing to do with me again all these people call themselves christians it's pushing their rights and everything else it drives me crazy because it's not being more concerned about others than you are about yourself don't you get this for all of us we must be more concerned about other people than we are for ourselves now it's easy for me to say that it's not so easy for me to live that but that gotta be what God is calling us all, that is what God is calling, not gotta be, that is what God is calling us all to do. So it's, it was in no way to sit there and not have trust in God. I trust God with everything. I, you know, worst thing that can happen to me is what? I'll die. Thanks be to goodness, I get to go to heaven forever. So that is not the problem. That is not the reason. The reason is to protect other people. It's just that simple. Jesus asks us to die for people, And that's an everyday thing. We don't have to die as a martyr, though some of us might. But we can be martyrs every day by doing little things to keep other people safe. You got it? So that's why we do what we do. Okay, let's continue here. Let's go here with uh, one of the emails that came in. Okay, having attended many funerals this year, I'm sorry to hear that, and being a person who believes that souls who have left this life are living in the fuller life in the presence of Jesus, let's hope, is there a rule that Catholic funeral directors be somber? I know a lot of funeral directors and they're not. Uh, there's no rule. Uh, they're just trying to try to be respectful to everybody because though we have hope of the resurrection, there's other people who don't have hope of the resurrection and so... Um, They're trying to meet people where they're at. That's all. Would it be inappropriate to celebrate the person's call to Jesus with more joyful while at the same time reverential mass? Are there any restraints on music that may be selected for a funeral mass? Having attended funerals and having heard the beautiful songs that are sung at every Catholic funeral. (laughs) I wonder if there are songs that may be sung instead of on eagle's wings. Yeah, a lot of us don't do on eagle's wings anymore and the like. Or can a different version be used like a polka version maybe? If the person wanted it, as long as it's appropriate for Mass. You can't do anything that's not appropriate for Mass if it's a Mass. I have great joy that when we die, we will meet Jesus and be welcomed with love. Is it appropriate to celebrate that hope joyfully? Of course it is. But you always got to remember that we can never uh, have the sin of presumption, that we don't presume that other people are in heaven. We don't presume ourselves go to heaven. Now, that's under our own power, but under the grace of Jesus, uh, we know that we can get to go to heaven. The only caveat with that is that God doesn't do anything against our will. So if I haven't surrendered my life to Jesus, if I don't want him to be the Lord of my life, if I don't want him to save me, then I won't be. And so we don't ever know what's really going on in someone's heart. I can know that because, uh, if I'm giving them absolution, it's a moment of death. And I just heard their confession and I just gave them the plenary indulgence. Then I can say they're ready. They're on the other side. And the church can say that more officially, of course, when we canonize saints. Um, so, but that's just all, I mean, again, I still have priests that want to wear black because we don't know they're in heaven, um, so they want to wear the black to show the somberness of it all (laughs) you know and it's still allowed i mean it's still allowed uh and and some people wear purple because that's just the way again i'm not here to judge these people i judge enough every moment of my life but i think that we should be celebrating more uh, when people die again who's the one most blessed The one who dies at two or the one that dies at 92? Well, of course, the one that dies at two if they're in the state of grace and if they're in God's will. Um, Because again, I love to use the analogy that we're in the womb of God. Doesn't make God a woman, it's just an analogy. We can, just like when you were inside your mother, you could feel your mother, you could experience your mother. Everything you came had came from your mother, but you couldn't see your mother until you were born. We're in the womb of God. We can feel God, experience God. Everything we have comes from God, but we can't see God until we're born to eternal life. What a glorious thing. So uh, if heaven's like, again, every, everybody wants to go to heaven, correct? Yes, Father. Nobody wants to die to go there, correct? Yes, Father, <laughs> because we're afraid of that. Of course we are. Uh, God gave us life. And then we have this death thing that we always have to deal with. And again, we've had to deal with a lot of deaths because of COVID and that recently. And always when I'm reflecting on all this stuff, or, you know, I, I think of weird things. You ever think of weird things? Like when I think of all the, the uh, babies that died uh, during the exodus, you know, when the plague came and took all the firstborn Egyptians, or all the people that died in the, uh, in the river that were going against them. I often think, now God is God, and he knew, you know, he doesn't treat us as general people. They're all Egyptians. But he dealt with each of those persons, those children, as individual people whom he loved. So what does that mean? What does that look like? when though they die for those various reasons, they're punished by God, if you will, what does God do with them on the other side? Is not the God of love who died for all people, the God that would take those babies to himself, the God that would uh, take those people who are fighting for their Pharaoh, thinking they were doing their best, could take them to himself? We don't know. We just sit there and we talk about all those things and we never look at the uh, what it was like to be one of those people. We just call everybody evil um, because they didn't agree with us and they were going against us. And of course, a lot of them were. I don't even know if there's a lot of them, but the leaders were anyway. So those are the type of things. Um, those are the type of things. Sorry, someone just uh, texted me and I forgot to turn this off, so we'll turn it off now, that I often think about, that God is the God of all people. You know, one of the things I have been doing uh, since the first of the year, you should know I I do a bullet journal every day. And so one of my things, until I get it done, is every day I'm gonna work on my book, um, Just Live It. And so I've been doing that every day, by God's grace, and I keep going back to chapter one because there's so much in there that when we say our, that includes everybody, everybody. There's no one not included in that hour. And as soon as, you know, religion often, what we do is we separate. Religion separates us from others. But there's only one God, people. And every single person that's ever been created on this earth was created by the one and only God. He didn't create some people to be damned and some people to be saved. Now, some people will be damned and some people will be saved, but he did not create them for that. It's God's will, according to Timothy, that God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. Men and women, of course, all people to be saved. That's why God, it's God's will that everyone be saved. There is no one that Jesus did not die on the cross to save. No one. There is no one that God does not love infinitely, so much so that he sent Jesus to die for them. Now, that's the ultimate truth. No one is apart from the love of God. But also, because of that free will, we don't all go to heaven. People do go to hell because they choose it. They do not choose to respond in love to a god and so if god is love he must give us a choice he must and so it's just that simple but again i'm always thinking about the other side too like oh what about that what about those people what about uh you know just something to think about and pray for okay so <laughs> it says let's go on oh, there's no further peace it's actually four parts okay let's go happy new year good afternoon father Being, you taught at prep, yes, I did. I hope you can help me on how to deal with a fourteen-year-old middle schooler. I think my son is just in fatigue. (laughs) Help me, please. (laughs) I think the best thing we can do for boys—sorry, the best thing we can do for boys—is love them, but love them in a masculine way, meaning that we love them and we can be hard on them. Like, again, when I used to teach at prep, the little freshmen, and I'd come in and I'd say, "Gentlemen." I will be your spiritual drill instructor these next four years. There will be days you think I hate your guts, but I'll do everything in my power to get you to heaven. Justin and all those other ones that I've, they were all people I was strong on, everyone, and yet I loved them, but in a a strong way. Again, sometimes people want us to be Uh, tiptoeing through the tulips. People want us to be just gentle. We got to be kind, yes, and we got to be strong. Jesus was strong on people. Think about how he loved Peter. Get thee behind me, Satan. That wasn't gentle and that wasn't kind. I'm sorry. You know, that was strong. Uh, But he loved him. He chose him to be the first pope of the church. He loved him. He loved him. He loved him. And so I think that one of the best things we can do for boys is that we teach them everything has a consequence. That used to be what I always wanted to do at the prepsters, to teach them that everything they did would have consequences. So if I said, if you do this, you're going to get punished. If they did that, they had to get punished. But I never voted anyone out of the school because I knew we couldn't help them anymore if we threw them out. So I never mean cutting off relationships with, uh, especially with your son. But you, the, the, the thing that I can tell you is this. You gotta be praying and fasting for your son every day because he has to be separating from you and from your wife. It's part of growing up. You know that you have to separate yourselves from your parents to get your own identity. And that's okay. I mean, if you look at last week, uh, when we focus on the reality of Jesus um, and Mary and Joseph, when he's found in the temple, And he says, uh, did you not know I had to be about my father's business? He was separating himself from them. Not in a bad way, but he had to become uh, a man unto the father, a man who belonged to the father. And again, we have to remember that our kids are not ours. They belong to God. And that he uses us as St. Joseph to teach them, to mold them, to love them, and show them him, that means we need to show them the love of the Father. And the love of the Father, even in our life, it says, whom I love, I chastise. So sometimes he punishes us, not because he hates us, but because he loves us. And so sometimes we do the same. Um, So you pray for your son and all your kids, you love them, and you just keep talking to them and witnessing them about the love of God. But when they do wrong, you punish them. Not in a bad way. You don't take their hands off or anything. I know people think of these things. But, you know, you, you, you punish them like, okay, you can't play games anymore. You can't use your phone for a, a week or you can't, uh, whatever it is. But it has to be something that, uh, that's going to make them uncomfortable. So they know, boy, if I do this, then this what's what happens. And also, as kids get older and people come in and they're talking to me, what should I do? And I say, sit down and have contracts with your kids. Meaning that um, you put good and bad there. Okay, if you do this, this is a reward if you uh, get. You know, if you wash the dishes every night at the end of the week, then uh, you get to do, you know, get $20 or you get to go out uh, later at night. I don't know, whatever it is. But at the same time, if you do this, this, and this, if you come home late, then you can't drive the car for a week. But notice that you both sign this because then they know if they come in late on purpose, not because their car broke down, you know what we're talking about, then they themselves have agreed to the punishment. So they're learning to grow up. They're learning to have consequences for their decisions. Huh? Now again, Dr. Ray Garendi, he's a pagan, but he's written some great books on how to deal with, uh, uh, discipline in kids, and so I'd encourage you to get any one of his books, now he pays me so much money uh, just to tell people to do <laughs> no he doesn't, just in case you're wondering, no he doesn't, but again though, he has some great books and that on there, so uh, uh, just so you know, hopefully that helps you, uh, hopefully, Bruce, there you go, how can I discern what the Hulu, Hulu spirit <laughs> the Holy Spirit, I'm guessing you mean, regarding kids' vaccine. Again, when it comes to, uh, you know, I always listen to me, you know, someone, it was interesting because I did not respond. I just got rid of it because I I, I don't have the time because someone was talking to me about, why do you always support the Pope? You're blind and you're following him. (laughs) First of all, I'm not blind and following anybody. And I am critical of everybody. I don't know. I'm critical of me. I'm critical of everything. I often uh, say that the Pope uh, shouldn't say anything in airplanes, but still, that's the Pope. He can do what he wants. But so when the Pope, and someone says, you know, the Pope says it's a moral imperative for people to get the vaccines, then that's part of what you bring into discernment. Now, if your kids are sick in other ways or something and a vaccine could hurt them, I would, uh, uh, you have to really discern that, but you get vaccines for measles, you get vaccines for polio or polo, polo, polio, yeah, whatever, Uh, I've got so many vaccines and I'm fine. That doesn't mean everybody's fine that way, but uh, um, again, you do what gives you peace. That's always the thing, how to discern God's will is in his will is our peace. So you gotta take all these Uh, things, the teaching of the church, the teaching of the Holy Father, um, the teaching of how you feel, what do you believe about these things, and then go for there. You never make this a political issue because political issues just divide people and it puts us in categories. God unites us and the spirit of God unites us, meaning that, again, even when the spirit came in Acts 2 or Acts 1, that when a Spirit of God comes, remember when people are building a name for themselves, and this is politics, when they build a name for themselves and they're building this Tower of Babel, it says, let us build, excuse me, a name for ourselves. That could be whatever it is, but it's a political thing. Let us do this for ourselves. We can even do it in God's name, but it's still really for ourselves. And what God does is he divides people that do that. And then when the Holy Spirit comes, here's people that have different languages throughout the world, different religions, and God speaks to them all as one. You see the difference? The Spirit unites us and brings his body, Christ's body, together. The evil one focuses on us and building a name for ourselves. And thus we get divided. So... It's just part of how to discern these things. Again, you gotta make the ultimate decision. If it was me, I'd get my kids vaccinated, but that's me, and I don't have any kids. But if people ask me in my parish, I say the same thing. But again, a lot of them say, I don't agree with you, Father. Okay, but you asked me, so I gave you my opinion. So hopefully that helps, but you gotta do what God tells you to do ultimately. Okay, Father Larry, just want to say, I look forward to your mass every morning and love Anchored in Hope. Thank you so much for being so human. Well, I'm very, very human. I just hopefully, I'm a joyful human. Sometimes I lose my joy and that's, uh, that bothers me when I, I do that. Um, so don't want that to happen anymore. I'm going, uh, I'll be here next week, but the following week, I will not be here because I'm going on vacation. And I'm looking so forward to my vacation, especially now that after I've already had COVID and I've already got my boosters and everything, I don't have too much to worry about. So I'm just gonna go and relax. Hopefully in the sun, it's been cold out in these places. You better warm it up before I come out. That's all I can say. Okay, thank you. Feeling better. I'm 100% by God's grace. Janet, please help me understand something. If Jesus took our punishment for our sins on the cross, why must we still suffer either here or in purgatory as justice for our sins? Because God at the same time is both mercy and justice. These are two things, two qualities of God. So let's say you come and you break one window of my car. And as you break the one window of my car, then you repent and I says, listen, you will not be held accountable for that meaning that you will not go to jail i will not press charges but you're still going to have to pay for the one window if you broke 10 windows or however four six windows on my car then you have to pay for six windows but again you do not have to uh do anything else you are you'll not have to go to jail or do anything above that so god likes us to bring justice to his body to bring healing if you will to his body Like for instance, if you go and steal $1,000 off somebody, you just can't go and say, well, Jesus paid for my penalty for my sins, so that $1,000 is already paid for. No, you uh, are forgiven of that, but you still in justice have to fulfill uh, and pay that money back to somebody. And so even though like when we have indulgences in the church, An indulgence is something that Jesus uh, did for us, so we gain it by the grace of Jesus, you know, because remember St. Paul says, I fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. There is no lacking in the sufferings of Christ, but in the body of Christ we bring healing to that which is broken, and what sin does is breaks us and breaks our relationship with God and with others, and so this brings healing to us. And remember, even when we talk in purgatory, there's two different ways about looking at purgatory. And yesterday, if you went to daily mass, it talks about love is not perfected in fear. And fear has to do with judgment. And so all these people in the church today, and there's lots of them, they talk about the Marian apocalypse, they talk about the days of darkness, they talk about how God's going to get us, and there's great chastisement coming. And that all might be very real. But if we repent and start doing what God wants us to do, only because we're afraid of judgment, only because we're afraid of punishment, it has nothing to do with the love of God. Do what you want. Say what you want. But it's absolutely nothing to do with loving God above all things. And what's the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. The greatest and most important commandment. So we can do all those things. We can believe in the chastisement. We can believe in the punishment. We can believe in all those things. But if we're not repenting for love, it does us no good. Because at the end, we'll be judged by love. And how we've loved, again, Matthew 25. I was hungry and he gave me food. I was thirsty and he gave me drink. This is Jesus who says this. Everything else is uh, saints or mystics or seers. And I don't trust any of them. I only trust Jesus. So Jesus is calling us to repentance so that we can live with him forever. We do it out of love. So, When you see purgatory in this way, the only thing the church teaches about purgatory is one, it exists, and two, it's a good and holy thing to pray for the dead, huh? And so, as I've talked about before, purgatory doesn't, you know, it used to be they talk about it in years and years and years, but like Benedict says, it could be in a second, an instant purgatory can happen, Pope Benedict. Um, And so, since God is love, pure love, that love is a fire, and when we die, if we're, not in a, if we're in a state of grace, but we still have this selfishness inside of us, then when we die, God embraces us in love and he burns away all that selfishness. Why? Because heaven is the place of love. And I got to get rid of my selfishness before I can enter that kingdom of love. And so just like everything's a process, You know, you don't come out of your mother walking. You come out of your mother, you're laying there, you're uh, filling your diaper every day, and you learn to roll over. Then you learn to crawl. Then you learn to walk. It's all process. So when Jesus died for us, it was done. But we're still in the process of growing in that. And so part of that process, what Jesus did for us, is bringing healing when I mess things up. It's still all grace, but it's if we look at it in process of relationship instead of judgment, then things look much differently. Huh? So, again, uh, that's not a fully thought out theological uh, treatise. That's just a uh, the way I get my head around these things. Okay, <laughs> so hopefully that helps. Okay. How's Father Mac doing? He's doing fine. He's out of his quarantine too. He had even less symptoms than I had. He had like a uh, head, not even like a cold. He had just sniffles and that. He thought he had a sinus infection. Uh, so, but he's all bad. He's all back now too. And he's uh, good. He's been painting. He's moving into a new church in the next couple of days. So he's been painting there. I haven't seen him hardly at all. I said, he's my assistant, but I don't see him at all. <laughs> everywhere else doing things which is fine um hi father larry great to spend time with you mass and sunny yeah, it's okay to love erie beer is pretty good i never had the beer but there's signs everywhere it's okay to lo- uh, love erie so good job chris it was good seeing you from afar today is the last day i have to wear masks and then i can start uh, uh taking them off half the time anyway George said, okay, MDG, sorry. Oh, I skipped a couple. Have you gotten the taste and smell senses back? I never lost hope, my uh, taste or my smell. It was one of the, it was not one of the things. The only thing I had was a persistent fever, low grade, 99.5. Never went up, never went lower. Uh, I couldn't sleep because when I'm sick, I don't sleep. I usually um, like to sleep every other time, but part of the thing when I get sick and I had a runny nose and um, I had chills and that, but aches and pains, but it was really like having a cold. Um, so that's by God's grace. Okay. Uh, we love you, Father. Thank you for, praying. appreciate. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, Father. Thank you for serving us in your vocation. I love listening to your content. Oh, thank you. And I'll pray for your sons, of course. The twins have learned from home now tomorrow through Tuesday due to COVID. Yes, my uh, maintenance man, the school just went on. Um, his daughter has to go, and so he had to take a day off today, which always drives me crazy. But you have to, what are you, you going to do? You got uh, to take care of your kids, of course. So, But I don't think people understand how hard that is for people who have to, both parents are working. It's very hard when they're not ready for that. Um, so... Okay, I recently wondered what social media would have been like when the apostles declared all foods <laughs> clean. Yeah, me too, Chris. Dear Father Larry, truly appreciate you. Thank you. Mark and Lisa, good to see you from Canada. It is, today's the the feast of uh, St. Andre, and I always go up there. I didn't go last year, of course, because we couldn't get into Canada, um, but that's where I always go, to the St. Joseph's Oratory, Uh, founded by Brother Andre Bessette, who's today's feast day. And if you ever read his uh, life, it's so good. Uh, He was just a simple, simple man of prayer and a simple, simple man of faith. And such great miracles happen because of his simple prayer and his simple faith. So that says something to us. We need to be simple in our faith and simple in our prayer. Okay, I wish I lived near Erie. I would love to see the church other than on YouTube. Um, But if you notice, people in Erie don't come because I'm, uh, (laughs) you know, right now our numbers are way, 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 way down. Uh, Part of it, of course, is the COVID thing. A lot of people just aren't coming back to church. Other people have went to other uh, churches because I'm I'm a strong personality. I, I don't know if any of you have noticed this i have a strong personality and so uh they just uh get tired of me i I understand that completely so but it always hurts me of course you know i come off like it doesn't hurt me of course it hurts me um yeah because a lot of times it's the people i've given the most time and energy to uh but then you know there's some people that love you no matter what And there's other people that love you as long as everything goes fine so you might be doing a hundred good things and all of a sudden you did one thing it happens like people watch on youtube and that too one thing you don't agree with they're done with you forever and that's just a, a sign of society today and hopefully none of us are like that that we are we stay in relationship with people in the good times and in bad huh and if if I walked away from people or people just walked away from me because of uh, one stupid thing. Then there'd be nobody in my life because I do a lot of stupid things. But in all of our lives, we just forget that we're all just human beings. We all fall. We all have great points. and We all have some lousy points about us too. But when you love people, you love the whole thing. You can't pick and choose, huh? So, but yes, but we have to keep uh, praying for them Uh and if you ever come to Erie, come and see our church. It is so very beautiful. Okay. Can you talk more about the sin of presumption as pertains to vaccines and healing? Uh I, I don't. I don't really understand the question. Um, because sin of presumption is. Um, presuming you'll be uh, forgiven no matter what, so you keep sinning. Uh, you can, uh, I think that you could have the sin of presumption, meaning that God will take care of me no matter what, and then you die of COVID. And I've seen that happen more than once, you know, because uh, God, um, and people got very, very, very sick because they presumed that God would preserve them. And God did give us a miracle. He gave us the vaccine. You know, we prayed for a miracle and we prayed for a miracle. And when God gives us a miracle, you know, sometimes we want it to be in different ways. You know, when the guy came to, the leper came to the prophet and he says, okay, go out and wash yourself three times in the Jordan. And the man got so mad what, I come all this way and that's your miracle, you know, you couldn't get, don't we have rivers in our own land that we couldn't do it? And then he says, come on, just do as he says. So he went and washed himself three times in the Jordan and his leprosy was cured. Sometimes God gives us the simple, simple answer to prayer. Go get the vaccine. I gave it to you. Look at all the people I've healed through it. No, 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 God, you are just protect me. You will protect me. You all know the story, I'm sure, a thousand times about this person who there was a flood and he's on the roof and uh, he comes and there's a, someone that comes in a boat and says, come on down, get in the boat, I'll, I'll help you. No, 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 I prayed, God will protect me. And then the water keeps rising and then someone else comes by and they have another boat and they says, come on, get in the boat, we'll help you. Oh, no, 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 I prayed, God will protect me. Then the water gets, lit and he's standing on the tippy-toes at the top of the roof, and someone has a helicopter. A helicopter comes over and says, come on, they, let, they put the ladder down, God, God, come on, we're gonna help you, we're gonna save you, and they go, no, 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 God will protect me. Then finally, the water comes, and the man drowns. And when he stands before God, he says, God, I prayed that you would protect me, I had faith, I trusted you would protect me, what happened? He said, I said two boats and a helicopter. If that wasn't enough, I don't know what else I could do for you. God has sent us two boats and a helicopter. He sent us the vaccine. So we can sit there and do it. And when the Pope tells again, I'm I I don't know why we keep coming back to this. So, but again, I have great faith in Jesus. And I do, when he gives me something, I use it all. Like I have great faith that God could heal me of my diabetes. Can he? Of course he can. At the same time, I make sure I don't eat sugar. Most of the time, Christmas, I was bad. That's all beside the point. So God gave me a body and he gave me an ability to take care of it. I can't just say, well, God will heal me and then keep doing things that are gonna hurt me. You understand? The the supernatural builds on the natural. When Jesus healed, uh, like the blind guy, he spit and he made uh, dirt and he put it on his uh, eyes. And he said, can you see, he says, everything still looks like, uh, uh, trees. And he did it again. So Jesus, who is God used natural stuff, his spit dirt and had to do it more than once to heal his eyes. So when God gives us the ability to bring healing through natural things, through science, who God, the ultimate truth is God. So we never separate this stuff. All truth leads to God. That we don't have to be afraid. That our God, we can trust him, but we still need to do the things that God gives to us for our health, okay? Hope that helps. I hope that was the, the, the question. Uh, sorry do you ever repair your wedding ring from Jesus after it broke into three pieces? No, I still have it. I got to get it though. Thank you. I, I forgot all about that. It's in my drawer and I am going to get that uh, fixed here. Uh, good. Thank you for reminding me. I have so many friends that are jewelers. I don't even, I, I have to get that done. Good. Um, Can you please talk more about praying for physical healing from a Catholic perspective? Any resources, websites, books to recommend? I've read a lot about Protestant uh, evangelical books about healing. Because Protestants are more into healing. uh, Catholics are too much into suffering. You know, like, I'm gonna offer this up for all the poor souls in purgatory. But the truth is in between the two of them. That's why when uh, a bunch of people were praying last night and they texted me and says, Father, is there anything you'd like us to pray for? And I say, that I do God's will. So, and that's what I mean. So if God wants to heal me, praise God. If God wants me to suffer, then may I offer the suffering for the good of others. So the best thing to always do when it comes to all this stuff is to just want God's will. And if it's God's will for you to be healed, then let it be done. If it's God's will for you to suffer, then let it be done. But, you know, you can always ask. I mean, when the, um, you know, the the blind man, when he wanted to see He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And Jesus says, what do you want? I want to see. And Jesus healed him. So we have to know that God can heal us. But we also have to know the greatest healing, as I've talked about before, is what? Death, right? I don't want that one, Father. I know. But that's why we only pray always, God, I want your will because I know you love me more. I know you know what's best for me more. I know that you will only do what's good because you are my father and I trust you. Okay, hopefully that helps you. Okay. Is it a sin to pray for the end of suffering for someone who has a fatal disease? No, you know, again, like my mother who's struggling and that, I have prayed for God to take her if that's his will. Because I don't want to see her as she gets worse and worse to just sitting a chair all the days, the rest of the days of her life, and droll and not know how to eat, go to the bathroom, clean herself. But heaven, it's okay for people, to us to pray for God to take him home to heaven. But we also have to know that if God wants her to stay, that could be part of her purgatory, that could be part of her purgation. But as long as we're not uh, doing things out of uh, hatred or out of nastiness or out of selfishness because we don't wanna deal with them anymore, then of course we can always pray God. God, just take them home. Death is as natural as life as long as he's in charge of it and not us. So always pray for his will because he knows what's best. Okay. Can you explain the history of women wearing head coverings and why it stopped? Because first of all, it was an Old Testament thing. It was something from the Old Testament. Uh, and again, that was all released when um, Jesus rose from the dead, he gave us new laws, so no longer bound by that, now, some uh, it came back again, because again, if you haven't know, a lot of the mass in that was, they took the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they mingled it together, which is okay, but we can't do that with all things, and so, uh, it was got rid of by Vatican II. Now it's come back. There are people in my parish that wear it too. Um, and it's all from the scriptures. You know, uh, Paul even talks about it wearing head coverings and all that. But again, you got to watch when you do just uh, pick and choose like that. You know, it was an act of humility before God. Even that's why um, the Jewish men would cover their heads as an act of humility. But again, no, I always follow the teaching of the the Vatican II. So again, that's a very fast, I only got that minute, but there's so much more. I'd encourage you to look it up and say that very question in Google and find out what kind of questions you have. But make sure you get a good Catholic answer, okay? Okay, I went to adoration, hardly anyone there. The pastor mailed an engraved invitation saying Jesus himself would like you to visit. (laughs) Why isn't it packed inside? I think some people are just afraid of uh, COVID right now. Um, But again, we have a 24 hours. We keep the church open on purpose. Hello, Father Larry. Regarding the vaccine question, our children are being mandated for school in the near future where I live. So it's causing me stress. I'm vaccinated. Okay, Chrissy, sorry. Um, Again, do what you feel that the Lord's telling you to do. I, um, you can send the questions to, to father larry richards at gmail i do not answer email questions though they'll have to come here because i get so many uh i just don't have the time to do that you know I'm, I, I my number one job is my pastor as being a pastor so uh that's the thing but then we i can reduce it and then bring it here so if you do that that'd be fine uh, who's supposed to hear you, hears you, judging you on YouTube, already, and I certainly appreciate it. Yeah, Father Mac uh, says mass when I'm not there, so I'm going to be gone for 10 days and Father Mac will do it and I think he has mass tomorrow, he has Friday masses when I do my holy hour ER in the middle of the night. God gave us an immune system, Father too, take care of it. I know, exactly, but you have to do that, my immune system takes, uh, Uh, needs some help, okay, you got a body, but that's why I fast most days too, you know, so you, it's not either or, it's both and, we work with God, we work with our bodies, we don't go against them, but we don't, you know, again, it doesn't matter when you die, right, so again, like I have, I've had a lot of people, too many people that, okay, just use their immune system and they're dead, and that's fine, because they get to go to heaven, But again, though, God gave us stuff. So it's not either or, it's both and. Very good. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I gotta go see my shrink. So I, (laughs) yeah, I do. So I didn't see him for the last two weeks, so I gotta get back. Anyway, know that I pray for you every day. Know that I love you. Uh, Again, all these things that that I answer you, they're not dogma. They're my way of helping you If I am wrong, I repent and I'm sorry. I do not ever want to teach anything. It's not of the teaching of the Holy Roman Catholic Church completely, 100%. Okay, so please pray for me. Please pray for me and know that I pray for you and I love you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen. See you next week, God willing.